0: Faith and Reason Podcasts, new media for the new evangelization from Franciscan University of Steubenville. Find more at faithandreason.com.
1: Before I begin... (laughs) I wanna say I uh, I came in in the, like about five minutes late to Steven's talk, um, which I wish I missed that talk because it like just made me feel bad about myself. (laughs) And uh, Saw him with the thing down, drawing stuff on that board, you know, walking around. It was like a Ted talk, you know? And and so uh, it it was like, I, I felt like it was like Steve Jobs giving a, you know, presentation than PB Herman, you know? So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah. So I'm gonna try my best, but you know, h- honestly, God, when I, uh, when I saw him talking, <clears throat> it does kind of bring out in me like some insecurities, like crap, man, I, uh, am like, I know <laughs> nothing about business. My, uh, my brother-in-law, you know, he's like a successful doctor has his own, like research, thingy out in uh, Oregon and uh, he's always sending me these articles and books about business because like I know he thinks I'm an idiot and uh, <laughs> so you know to stretch it into leadership I feel like okay I could I could, we can make something work but I really uh, <clears throat> I do feel you know like insecure when it comes to you know the, the grander you know success you know big big picture stuff like that I you know I just was home well, I grew up in Philly, so I was in Philadelphia um, for a, a little visit around Christmas time. And I was hanging out with my my buddy and uh, I had this, <laughs> it was like kind of this weird epiphany where like both of us were just idiots in high school, you know, just like goal number one was like just, you know, to be kissing girls and, you know, stuff like that. And uh, I mean, just really like, I feel like just was, we're such idiots in high school. And now he's like, you know, like the VP of some big place making like millions of dollars. I was at his like farm and I was like, maybe like, I'm thinking about myself, like how, you know, in the eyes of the world at least, um, yeah, just how unsuccessful, I, you, know, you know, I feel about my life. So I'm putting all that out there just to lower your expectations a little. <laughs> and uh, also because I know my talk is formally called Shaping the Future, um, but, you know, if I had to give it the, a title, I would like to title it, um, Jesus Can Save You from the American Dream. <laughs> All right. So, um, I, I mean, really, you know, when you're talking about junior high and, and embarrassing memories, you could kind of just simplify it as like the whole thing, you know, um, <laughs> But (laughs) I don't know about you guys. How many of you guys went to public school? Some public school? All right. Uh, How many of you guys took the bus? Was that... uh, All right. Y'all are who I'm talking to right here. I went to public school in Philadelphia. It's the biggest public school in Pennsylvania still is. And um, I, you know, have these memories from the junior high, you know, general time frame of my life that are just embarrassing, crazy, whatever. And like, if I don't know how it was, I mean, maybe this is a regional thing, but in Philly, like, you know, the back of the bus was, you know, like where the cool kids sat. And even though it wasn't a cool kid, I would try and get back as far as, you know, was allowable. And, uh, and then everything, you know, bad that I feel like I began to, you know, learn about, you know, in, in life, like started in the back of the school bus, you know? And (laughs) namely, you know, we would always play truth or dare. That was like the big thing. And it was like, it was always there and it was always there to like kiss some girl next to you or something. And, um, you you know, and so one time someone asked me, they're like, hey, Bob, Bobby, that's what everyone called me back then. Hey, Bobby, um, they're like truth or dare. And I was like, "Uh, truth, you know? And then they're like, who have you kissed? And I was like, I'll oh, kiss, you know, like, so this, is, this is in uh, seventh grade, by the way. Uh, I was like, I, I like, kiss lots of girls, you know, like we play this game every day, you know? and so They're like, no, 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 not a, a peck. I'm talking like a five-seconder, you know, like kiss, <laughs> you know. <clears throat> and like, I was thinking in, in my little seventh grade brain, like, oh, shoot, you know, like I, uh, <laughs> That doesn't exist, you know, but like I was kind of saved by the bus that they pulled up to my, you know, stop and, you know, they were kind of like teasing me on the way, oh, you're a prude or whatever, you know, I just kind of left. And so I was walking home with my book bag and I literally remember thinking to myself, like, like the priority of my life, you know, has got to be to get a five second kiss, you know? <laughs> and so <clears throat> the, uh, the next day, <clears throat> thank God, um, seventh grade year in Philly is like, there's tons of Jewish people there. And there's like every weekend is someone's bar mitzvah. And uh, and they were like awesome because, you know, at the bar mitzvah, you know, you were allowed to drink like a little thing of wine. And it was like a dance and, you know, you had to put on a yarmulke and stuff, but it was like, I don't know, it was fun. Everyone went to them. And uh, so I knew this girl Maggie the next day was having a bar mitzvah and I was like, that's going to be my plan, dude. I got to find someone at this bar mitzvah to smooch for five seconds and so we got to the bar mitzvah and uh the whole thing went on it was in her backyard like this little celebration with a tent and a cheesy little dance floor and stuff and so there was this one girl there like she was so pretty Name was jackie bagley i still remember her name and uh that's how significant she was to to my uh, my development and she uh, and so i asked her friend you know i said hey would you ask jackie if she'd go out with me you know which just meant you know like she'll be my girlfriend not go anywhere and uh so she said yeah if you if sh- if you ask her out um to was this song, more than words. I mean, some of you guys know it. It's a, it's a good one. If you don't know it, it's a good one. But um, that was like a hot song back then. You know, like during a slow dance, then she'll go out. You know, so I walk up to the DJ and I ask him to play the song. Whatever. So it's just me and her on the dance floor. You know, and I, <laughs> and I say like, will you go out with me? And she's like, yes. And you know, we didn't even finish the song. I just went back to my friends. You know, I'm like, she said yes. You know, like. Whatever, she went back to her friends. And then, like, a couple minutes later, like, I saw her friend, I was like, you gotta get, like, ask Jackie if she will kiss me, you know? Like, and, um, <laughs> and so she went back, and comes back about, you know, an hour later, or whatever, she's like, Jackie says she will, she will kiss you, like, and this just sounds like Sunday out of a movie, she's like, if you meet her under this tree, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, before the end of the party, you know? So then we all like went in the pool, whatever, like the party had kind of gone on, the sun went down, and it was like time for pickup. I like quickly realized like it was like seven or whatever, <laughs> what time. And uh, <coughs> and I was like, oh shoot, I got out, toweled off, you know, I was like so nervous for this kiss. And um, so I, I like made my way to this tree, it was kind of around the side of her house, and uh, she was like waiting there, you know, it was just like out of a romance novel. And I, uh, I, uh, you know, puckered up and uh, and lean in for this kiss, and all I could think the whole time was like one, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand. you know, just trying to get the five. You know, like so uh, I, would be, I would feel okay in the back of the bus come Monday, and right when I hit five, I made it to the five. That's the so good news. But right when I hit five, this screen door opened from the back of the house, and it was my mom <laughs> coming again, and she was like, "Bobby," you know, and I was like, "Oh, hey," uh, <clears throat> and. Um, Okay, so the point of that whole story is this, all right, (laughs) and the point of your story, all right, is this, you know, when we talk about the future, and we talk about even the present, um, you know, things that seem very, very important to us, maybe in that moment, in in that moment of my life, getting a five second kiss was all that mattered, you know, like, um, I mean, now it's, you know, it's so laughable, it's so kind of silly, but, You know, I I think it is very easy. It's definitely uh, a a pattern, a habit of of humans, you know, to just find things that seem almost obsessively important and then to kind of ravenously go after that thing, whatever the thing is of the day. And that's kind of how our lives are shaped, you know, Um, so when we talk about. The future, uh, shaping the future, uh, the, whole, the whole kind of idea as, as leaders, as disciples, as followers of God, um, really the, the most important thing for us to first identify, our greatest task would just be what is ultimate for you? Um, and that might seem like, well, we all know. You know, like I, I, I was telling the coordinators of the story about my, my son Toby. I don't, I'm not going to tell the whole story, but it's the story where he gets caught stealing all this sugar packets from a restaurant, you know? And, uh, <clears throat> and then I asked them, you know, we were in the car and I pulled over to spank him. And before I spanked him, I, I thought, i would give him a chance. I look him in the eye and I said, you know, like, what's more important to you Toby, sugar or God? You know, cause I thought, you know, I'm, I'm an evangelist. Maybe I could like get through this guy. And he was like four. Okay. So he puts down his head. He was like, sugar number one candy number two. I didn't even put candy in the the equation. Just candy number two. God number three. I was like, God number three? You're going to hell. (laughs) What are you talking about, God number three? But like for us in here, like, you know, if we had a, if we had to like identify the ultimate thing, okay? And when I say ultimate, I don't mean like it's a priority, okay? Ultimate, by definition, if you were to look it up, it, it, the definition, there can be only one. So, ultimate fighter, you know, there we go. There's there's one guy who wins it, okay? Um, if there could be only one thing, for him, he's like, it's sugar, okay? And it wasn't because he, you know, was a Satanist, you know, and he like put God <laughs> number three. It was just because he was being honest, all right? Now, all of us, we know the rhetoric, we know the right answer, we've read the book, you know, like, so we all know, well, yeah, God's number one, he's ultimate and stuff. But the reality of the way our lives are lived, you know, the thing that we spend the most time, money, energy, uh, the the most daydreams, you know, all all that kind of stuff. That's the thing that is ultimate. Okay, we can say that that thing is God. But if that thing is even success, um, then then our, our lives are. Off course. You see what I'm saying? And everything in our life will bend around that reality to try and to try and achieve that that ultimate thing. So the first question for you is, you know, to be able to answer honestly and frequently, you know, not not just now in college, not just on a retreat. But as you continue on your life, as you continue on a career, your family, vocation, is the answer to that question is what is ultimate for me? Because the thing that is ultimate, all other realities in your life will bow down and bend around that around uh, that reality. I, uh, you know, Father Mike Scanlon, obviously, we've been uh, hearing a lot about his passing. Um, And, uh, you know, it was kind of wild, the atmosphere here. You guys weren't here, most of you. Um, when he passed and, uh, and then we had like the memorial and all this kind of stuff. It was really beautiful. And it was, it was, it was kind of a weird time because it was, was, there was like a spirit of sadness on campus, but there was also kind of like this spirit of renewal and, and, and just something kind of remembering who he was and the, um, you know, the excitement that he brought the way that he followed God was just kind of like, you, you, you never knew what could happen you know, like, and I think that's the way he lived his life. You know, like when he's, when you're docile to the spirit, you're just kind of following, you know? And um, so I started rereading this book, Let the Fire Fall. If you never read it, um, get it. I mean, it's, it's such a, an easy, awesome read. Um, <clears throat> but I read this one part in the beginning, he's talking about dying and, it, and it's kind of, it's kind of eerie, but also like really poignant and beautiful, like in, in light of his, his passing. But I think it gives us some perspective to what we're talking about here with this future talk. So, this is what he says: uh, Soon, my earthly life will end. Yours will too. Then I will go and be with the Lord. Life with Christ—that's the important thing, and soon it will be the only thing. Um, I just, man, I, I love that. I've been thinking a lot about it this this past couple of weeks, you know, because. There's lots of things in our lives that compete for that ultimate place, you know, um, in our heart. But um, really, the reality is, is that at, at some point, you know, like even if we were following something else, like we, that, that reality is going to become bleak and stark for us. That the the only thing that matters is 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 Christ, and uh, you know, death gives us some perspective. Um, for that you know like we we don't like to talk about death or think about death a lot you know sometimes i'll like talk to my wife about it and she'll like tell me to stop talking about it and it makes her sad or something and um you know and i and i and i get that you know i mean it's 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 like sad to think about people you, you you um you know if you lose if you've lost someone you love it you know death can be a very sad thing but it is a reality you know and i i remember um A few years back, my father-in-law, who, you know, we're really different people. Um, We we definitely, you know, butt heads a lot. And um, they're asking me something about, you know, like, what's your your long-term plan? That's what he's saying. You know, because my life has been weird, you know, um, done all kinds of weird stuff. I mean, not bad stuff, but just weird stuff, you know, like from like one weird thing to another. And um, so he's like, what's your long-term plan, you know? And uh, you know, it like came to me, like, and I was like, my long-term plan is to be dead. You know, um, <laughs> and he, you know, he didn't like that. He thought that was uh, annoying. You know, but like, that—that's the reality. You know, what I mean, is like that—that that is all of our long-term plan, whether that you want that to be your plan or not. Like that that's the future that that's where we're aiming to, and you know it kind of started a little discussion you know or you know some thoughts like in in my own uh you know life and marriage and you know just kind of reading stuff like that about like you know if that if that's not I, I get it you know what I mean like we can have goals and dreams and stuff like that, but you know what what, what is your uh you know what is your long term plan you know to retire to get a lake house or you know like to to travel to eat nice food i mean you know, you, you, you start looking at all that kind of stuff and you're like, is that what your life is going to count for? You know, I'm, I'm not saying those things are evil. OK, but our life in so many ways as Americans. OK, we kind of live in this little Disneyland bubble here in America. You know, there there is a, a lot of the world that is out there drinking you know, water from cesspools that are medically untreated, that are neglected, that are orphaned. You know, and we live in this little bubble here in, in uh, America where like our whole lives are, are like spent. Um, and, and there's billions of dollars each year that are spent, you know, I think convincing us to waste our lives so that, you know, like everything that matters is just these last 20 years so that we can retire fat and happy and we can travel and play golf and collect seashells, you know, until we go to meet Jesus. And there is like, if that's the American dream and if that is our end, if that's the thing we're chasing, then, you know, we are going to be sorely disappointed when Father Mike says, you know, when we realize that the only thing that matters was Christ, because that means that we've spent our whole life on things that don't matter. Okay, so like I said, th- those things are not evil in and of themselves, but what can happen is this cycle of, and, and we get caught in this all the time, I do, you know, like, oh, you know, a thing that'll make me happy is a- another tattoo, or the next iPhone, or, or uh, better shoes, or whiter teeth, or, you know, a bigger house, or a better wife, or a vacation house, or whatever, this, that, the other thing, and, and we just chase our breath, you know, kind of grasping for stuff, and then we're dead. Um, so I, I like to, to at least you know, be able to consider that, that thing with um, death as the end game because I think it gives perspective to our lives and allows us to make uh, decisions that are pretty – like you guys are at a, a crossroads in your life. You know, uh, Most of you, you're at a, a very critical decision point where things could kind of go a whole bunch of different ways, where you're starting to talk about big picture, uh, big picture, you know, broad stroke things of, of what do you want your life to count for? What, 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 what are you going to do with your life? You know, like what, what decisions are you going to make after you leave here? You know, who are you going to marry? Where are you going to go? What, what, what are you going to do? You know? And uh, so to have perspective, um, you know, and, and an eternal perspective, uh, I, I think is, is Critical, or you know, our life just kind of spirals around thing to thing to thing to thing to thing, and then you're dead. Um, I uh <clears throat> I know some of you guys know, and uh, I, I had talked to um some people about this, shared a little bit candidly, but <clears throat> like in 2009, so uh, whatever that is, almost eight years ago, um, I had a stroke, and I actually had. A series of strokes I had like 12 strokes in a week and not many strokes not these transitional strokes but stroke strokes um, where I know at our age unless you're like a nursing student or something I uh, or at least you know I, I didn't know what it was you know I, I knew that like old people get them um, but <clears throat> what happened is I was uh, finishing up a Studentville conference I was speaking at and I went to pick up my family um, you know, not far from here. And we're driving to go eat some dinner. I was driving and we, we came to a stop sign right at Wellesley there, right before you turn on the university. And, uh, and I lost my sight, you know, and I like told my wife, I was like, I, uh, I like, I feel so weird. Like I can't see, you know? And she was like, you know, well, let me, let, let me drive, you know? And so I got out of the car, you know, and I, I don't think she knew what was going on. I didn't know what was happening. I thought I, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was a migraine or something. And, uh, you know, between the driver and the passenger seat, um, I fell down. You know, started throwing out. I mean, just you know, massive headache. And uh, over the next week, like one thing started to go after another. My my eyesight was gone, and then I couldn't speak. Um, and little by little, the right side of my brain was dying. You know, like I kept having these 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 blockages, and uh, I had a had a, a real severe one in my brain stem, and so. Um, so, I, you know, things just kept going, you know, speech, sight, movement, my whole left side of my body was paralyzed. And this, this you know, some of these things didn't correct, um, you know, for a month. And uh, so during those times, you, you know, on top of the fact that you can't think well, um, you know, I was in this hospital for a few months, uh, you know, you, you start thinking like, this is my reality now. You know, like, and and I really was convinced that I was going to die, you know, and why not? You know, because, you know, just everything is shutting down. Um, But on on top of that, you know, like all these things that I felt like I prided myself in, you know, um, you know, being outgoing or speaking or or doing whatever. like the all those things were taken away from me you know and so I, I felt like it, it really changed my perspective you know like to like the, over the next couple of years I, I thought a lot about death and it was it was a dark time you know in my life and um, a lot of depression and all that kind of stuff uh, has, has really been a part of my life since then but um, you know one of the things that I think God has really done something beautiful like through death you know that's the the paschal mystery life and death you know th- through all that is that I feel like he has allowed me to kinda of re align my compass in in some ways and and that would be my prayer for us is that as leaders, like that that's the critical thing, that we keep coming back to God to realign our compass, what matters. You know, death allows us to think of some of that stuff. You know, there are things in my life I was just realizing like, man, this doesn't matter at all. And at the time, like I was a little screwy, I i, I didn't think anything mattered. You know, I'd always been trying to tell my wife and I was slurring my words and just, you know, I felt like I was drunk. You know, they would bring in my food tray, you know, and I'd be like, this doesn't matter. I'd throw it over my head against the wall and stuff. You know, it was just, out of my mind, you know, but like the, uh, the, the reality is, is that there was something in that, that I think has really stayed in my heart, um, and has, has really changed. I think the way I see success in life and you know, that it was after that time that I stepped away from doing the Soonville conferences for a while. That's when I kind of, when I stopped doing Regis B stuff. And the reason why is because I, I just was feeling like what, like what? What for you know, and like I'm not saying any of that stuff like I'm not good. But for me personally, it was like So I feel good about myself. So I you know sell CDs or you know, you know Like accolades or names or all that kind of stuff and that is something that like is worth thinking about Like I, I know it's not something that's talked a lot about Okay, but like professional ministry, which I know some of you guys will go into some of you guys will be the next Matt Maher or, you know, Jason Everett or whoever, you know, the Mark Hart, you know, like be all those people. But like there is, there should be some tension there, you know, being a professional minister of of like, well, yeah, I will, I'll come share the gospel with you for $8,500. You know, it's, I mean, it's like a weird, a weird thing, you know, like just profiting from, so I just put that out there because I think that, you know, during that, that time in my life, it was like God really allowed me to look at, you know, man, like, what is, what is the point? Like, wh- why, what am I doing eternally? What, what things am I doing that, that are counting for, for the glory of God? Um, the psalmist says this, okay? And I, I really, the psalm, I think, uh, kind of hits you between the eyes. In Psalm 39, he says, <clears throat> Show me, Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. You have made my days a mere handbreadth, The span of my years is as nothing before you. Everyone is but a breath, even those who seem secure. Surely everyone goes around like a mere phantom. In vain they rush about heaping up wealth without knowing whose it will finally be. Um, Paul says it like this in in Philippians. Uh, This is definitely one of my favorite uh, verses. He says, But whatever was important to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider all of that garbage that I may gain Christ all I want is Christ um, goes on uh, just in the next paragraph talking about the future uh, there's nothing more apropos uh, now that I've already or not that I've already obtained this or that I've already arrived in my goal but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward to what is ahead. I press on to the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Um, You know, to me, that, that gives a whole lot of perspective um, it, it gives a whole lot of like, what. what is the prize? What is the prize for you? And, um, you, you know, God obviously has a call on your life. That doesn't mean that everyone has to be missionaries, um, it, it, you know, but there there is a, a, a real sense of the fact that, you know, that the story of the rich young man, you know, why did he leave empty? Because God said, like, just come follow me, you know, like. I want you know it's kind of like this this story, of Father Mike. It's just like I want you to risk it all. Like, and, and come follow me. You know, that's, that's my end game for you. That's the long-term plan. That's the future that I have set out with you. And a lot of us, I, I think, you know, we do get sucked into like this American dream and you know, that our lives, you know, as we start to plan our futures and really, you know, get down to the brass tacks, you know, when we, once we start having to pay a mortgage payment and, 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 and live a normal, you know, life, is we get caught up in the same stuff that everyone else does and our lives don't really look any different you know um, it's just like well you know like I, there's this famous study you know 20 years ago that they you know uh, um, took this survey all these people who were Christians all these people who weren't Christians that was the first question you consider yourself Christian follower Christ yes or no uh, all the people who said yes here all the people who said no here they looked at the stuff of their life and they said you know it was almost uh, exactly the same things they they watch things they spent money on things that you know the, the choices how they made their choices um, you know what their lives counted for is just one group said yeah we're followers of Christ and one didn't. it's like you know we, we just add like a couple you know drops of Jesus into the mix and 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 think that you know we just live like everyone else and all I'm ask all I'm putting out there okay is um, for you to consider um, how short our life is I want to give you this little analogy here I'll bring this over here <clears throat> you might have seen <clears throat> you might have seen this before um, but maybe not um, so I want you to imagine that this rope okay um, is a timeline of your existence okay and I want you to imagine <clears throat> that this rope Goes around the gallery, outside the door, downtown Steubenville, and then just keeps going. It wraps around the earth a hundred million times. You know, it's a it's a big yarn, ball of yarn around the earth, and then it goes out to faraway galaxies, and it just keeps going. Just it just goes on forever okay ever and ever and ever and that's how long this rope is it actually just ends by that podium but I want you to imagine that okay now so that's the timeline of your existence all right this uh, this little orange part in the beginning this um, this is your life on earth okay this this is eternity The, the, the the rest of the rope that just keeps going that's Wrapping around the Earth a hundred million times—that's just you, you know—and and here's here's uh, life on Earth, and and foolishness for us, okay, especially as leaders, you know, would be to spend. You know, this little portion of, of, uh, of your existence, which in some ways determines all of this, how you're going to spend all of this, everything, every decision you make from here on out as, as, as a leader, as a husband or wife, as a, as a priest, as a, you know, um, whatever, a, a catalyst in the world, you know, is, is going to be either regret or reward when you stand before the judgment seat of God. Okay, all all those things big and small. And so that's why I'm saying that the the eternal perspective is is the absolutely key as we decide how we shape our future. Okay, because foolishness for us would be to spend this little bit amount of time of our existence um, by trying to make our name great, you know, or by trying to make a company great. Or trying to make a ministry great, you know, when uh, the reality is, is this, this is all leading to this, you know, and, and so a lot of those things, you know, here I am in seventh grade on the bus, you know, going for that five second kiss, you know, and uh, here I am finishing college and balding, you know. You know, here's, finally, I'm at retirement. You know, get that lake house, heart attack, dead. Okay, and then phew, this is the rest of you know, your existence on and on and on and on and on. And, and, and sometimes all we think that matters is this. And we get caught up in the same game that the, the rest of the, the entire world is, but we just add a couple jobs of Jesus to it. And, uh, and every decision that you make during this time, will will in some way impact, reward, or regret when you stand before God in eternity? So, what do I mean by that? You know, you got it. You got an extra thousand bucks. You know, what are you what are you gonna do with it? Spend it on stupid stuff, right? As a, you know, like I, we've all done that. Wow, what a waste of money. You know, maybe that could have gone to the poor. You know, like are are you gonna regret? You know, watching every season of. Pretty Little Liars when you stand before the throne of God or watching 70,000 movies or, uh, you you know, whatever, you know, all these things that are so important to us, you know, that that we spend, you know, determining what success is on Earth. And and then we get here and we realize, wow, I I was I, I was just kind of staring into this thing like this is all that mattered, like this was the, the entire, you know, length of my existence missing all of this. Does that make sense? Okay. <clears throat> so what I want you to consider, um, and, and I want to read one last quote here from uh, from Father Mike's book. You know, right after he talks about dying there, <clears throat> he talks about this idea that, you know, um, on earth, you know, that we are in a battle. We're in this cosmic, this, this spiritual battle that, you know, like in some sense, it's like we're, we're the prize that, that, you know, the church, obviously, it's, it's a spiritual battle. But he says this, he says, um, what will we talk about when we get to heaven? We will talk about the war and the role we played in it. I love that. We'll talk about the war and the role we played in it. The, what we won't talk about when we get to heaven, you know, is uh, how white your teeth was. You know we, we won't talk about when we get to heaven is you know like refat you, you know i mean it's just like th- these things they, they kind of start you know to fade away in in light of of how you know how good what god is offering us um so what, what i'd like you to do um kind of as we finish up here is um is maybe just to hook up again with uh, the, the person next to you. It, it, it can be a couple people if you'd rather do that, but uh, maybe just the person next to you just for a minute. And uh, I, I want you to answer that question. Um, what would you like to hear that your role was? Like there's this, um, Mr. Schmizing, uh is, is having us read, like in student life, reading this uh, you know, seven effective habits or highly effective habits, something like that, of an awesome leader, um, if, if you've ever read the book. <laughs> Um, And one of the habits um, is um, uh, begin with end in mind. And uh, yeah, it's really awesome. And, and what, what I'm asking you to do with this question is to do that, you know, is to really consider, you know, your life as, as we're talking about shaping the future. Like you are at the, the, a critical time where you, that's really going to start happening. Like you, know, where, like, you know, rubber meets the road decisions are going to happen. But the answer with that, with that, with that, uh, you know, to begin with the end in mind, what would you like to hear when, when, when you're in Father Mike's position? When you're standing before the throne of God and the angels and the saints and those those saints that you were you were talking about, admiring and you are hearing hearing about you know this morning um, from our past, when you stand in that company, you know what do you want to hear that your role was? You know what what do you want to talk about over morning coffee with uh, you know Saint Bonaventure? You know what what your role was? You know um, so. I want you to uh, just, just share that um, just for the next couple minutes, um, and, then, and then we'll close in, in a prayer. Just what, what would you like to hear your role was when you get to heaven uh, in this war that we are presently in? if you're still talking but when you're done just be quiet but you know you can if you're still discussing okay. <clears throat> all right I thought we can close uh, with a song um, and I just want you to remember when you think about your favorite speaker today that Stephen was better but he didn't sing to you okay <laughs> uh, <clears throat> all right so um, just so we could sing uh, this song, uh, some of you even know it's uh, just it's called Simplicity, but just, just this one verse from it, um, it's just, Lord, strip it all away until only you remain. I'm coming back to my first love, only you. Uh, so if you know it, sing it, but uh, God, we make this our prayer right now. We ask that you um, would form us, that you would call us, that it wouldn't be a one-time thing, God, but your voice would... Uh, echo in our lives, and that the decisions that we make today um, would ripple uh, into eternity. That we wouldn't be uh, consumed with that little piece of orange tape, which is our life on earth, but that our life on here would be um, directed to eternity.
0: sitting. Spend more time thinking about my foolish ambitions of a, a thousand mics that I will never ever spit in. You beckon me to call I counted on my vision. You offered me a home, but I stay hold up in this prison. Not doing as I'm told. I'm prone to opposition. And even if I did, would I give you recognition that my heart's a part of your property? You know I always tend to do things awkwardly. And if You're as persistent as you seem to be Could you make up this distance between you and me?
1: Thank you, Jesus, for this day. I ask that you would bless uh, everything that was planted in our hearts here this day, um, that this would be something that would be a a life-shaping experience for us, that you would continue to call us, uh, continue to form us, continue to give us the grace to be your disciples. We pray all this in your name. Amen.
0: Faith and Reason Podcasts. New media for the new evangelization from Franciscan University of Steubenville. Find more at faithandreason.com.